So let me go ahead and talk about uh, what's going on today. This is called the One, the One Church event. And uh, it's really, really cool. There's something special happening all around our county. See, the pastors from six different churches are switching pulpits today to talk about and preach about the message of unity within the body of Christ here in Flagler County. So churches like Epic, our church, and uh, Life Coast Church, uh, PC3, or Palm Coast Community as you know it, Parkview Baptist, Coastal Family, and First Baptist Church of Palm Coast are all participating. And you may not be aware of this, but these pastors get together regularly, like almost monthly, to fellowship with one another, to encourage one another, to support one another. And uh, I think it's really cool because there's no competition in that. There's just a big family that they get together, and uh, you know, we, we love the idea. So out of these monthly meetings came this idea of switching pulpits to help communicate that we all represent one church representing one purpose, right, of sharing Christ with the community. So today, our pastor, our lead pastor, Trent, he was down in Flagler Beach, not like down in the beach, just in the city of Flagler Beach. He wasn't on vacation today. And he was with uh, Coastal Family Church, and uh, he should be done by now. So hopefully everything went well with Trent. And today, we have the pleasure of having Jeff Barksdale from Life Coast Church. And Jeff is not used to preaching three services, so um, he's going to be full of energy. We pumped him up with some more coffee in the back over here. So would you help me give Jeff a huge... Is he coming up behind me? Nobody even told me, huh? Hey, Jeff, how you doing? This is Jeff Barksdale. And as you can see, Jeff picked a short straw. Okay, so I have to say that Trent said anybody going to Epic has to visit Trent's barber. And uh, hence, here we have Jeff. His wife loves it, so I think he's going to keep I'm, it. I'm keeping it. You're yeah, keeping it? Fantastic. All right, well, welcome, Jeff. Thank you, You're Chris. all yours, buddy. <laughs> I just checked the time to make sure I could still say good morning. So, yeah, I'm usually eating lunch by now, just so you know. No, actually, we're mobile campus too, so I'm usually helping pack up and uh, ship out So uh, at Life Coast. So, uh, so glad to be here, so excited to meet you. Uh, my wife came to the first service, so you're going to get a chance to, to meet her, and then she scooted out. I said, are you going to stay for another one? She said, no, I'm going to go listen to Pastor Billy White speak at Life Coast. So uh, that's where Billy is today. So I'm so glad to be here today. Let me tell you a little bit about myself uh, 13 years ago, my wife, my five children, our five children, packed up everything we had from Massachusetts, and we moved here to Florida to help plant Life Coast Church with uh, Pastor Mike and Holly Wade, and uh, we planted 13 years ago. You guys are about 13 years old as well, right? 12 or 13 years old as well, and so you understand that, and uh, so... Before that, uh, I was, had been in prison for 26 years. I was a correction officer, so uh, I always just let that hang for a while just to kind of see what people, how people respond, because uh, sometimes they say, I'm not sure if I want to listen to... Someone who's been in prison for 26 years has done something really bad. Because that's a long time. Yeah, I, no, I was a correction officer. Uh, I was a lieutenant when I left at a, a prison in Bridgewater in Massachusetts and uh, felt God's call, and we, we came down here. And how this pastor's group that you heard Chris mention, how this pastor's group got started was back then when we rolled into town, Pastor Mike and myself, we were welcomed by Pastor Billy White at, at uh, Palm Coast Community Church. And he's speaking at Life Coast this morning, by the way. And, uh, 
And that group was much smaller at the time. It was Pastor Greg Peters. Uh, they had already formed a friendship uh, many years long. They're 20 years friendship now. And, uh, but Pastor Trent was also part of that group because he was at PC3 at the time. He was a pastor there. And so we met Trent right away, and uh, that was the group to begin with. And then uh, other pastors uh, came on board, and now there's the six churches, and uh, we get together uh, just about every month, about anywhere from four to six weeks. We get together and we encourage each other and, and we love hanging together. We really do like each other. It's true. It's not, we don't just make that up. We actually are friends, really. And, and uh, we want you to all know that. And, and uh, there's a really a special bond that is within our group. And uh, how many of you know that... Uh, there aren't any perfect believers, aren't any perfect Christians out there. Anybody know that? Yeah. 12, 12 of you know that, so the rest of you need to know that. Um, and, and certainly pastors are part of that group, no perfect pastors. And, uh, but what we've gotten to learn with each other is that we have this bond, and it's, uh, it's a very unique bond. And how do we navigate that? Uh, is just the message we want to help all of our churches understand. And it's from Ephesians 4, uh, 2 and 3, how we navigate that bond is be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bonds of peace. And that's the verse that we've discovered is how we keep that bond through thick and thin. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that, but let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for, again, having a, another opportunity to just share your word and share your heart for the city of Palm Coast and for the county of Flagler Beach. Lord, we, um, we just love this community we just love being here. We know that you've called us to this community, to this city, to this county. And we, we pray that your spirit is here as it is in all the churches, that we understand that we are one church and that the fellowship is so much sweeter when we fully embrace that and move forward to advance your kingdom. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So, how do we hang on to that bond? Completely humble and gentle. We are open with each other. When we get together monthly, the, your, your pastor and all the pastors, we are open, we are genuine, we are real with each other. It's not just for pastors, that's for all of you. If you're not part of a group that's here at Epic, if you are... Uh, don't have a, a friendship with a fellow believer, if you don't have a connection with a brother or sister in Christ, then you need to get one. Someone that you can be real with. Someone that you can share your feelings with. You heard me say that I, I was... Uh, in, in the prison, I was a correction officer. So guys, I understand sometimes how hard it is to share your feelings. 
Guys just don't want to do that. Ladies, can I get a good amen on that? Yeah, that's right. See, they know. They know. We, we're like, no, I don't need to share my feelings, man. I'm a man. I, I got feelings, but I keep them buried because that's what men do. Did I sound like any of your husbands? I hope not. But you understand that. But this is where you can move forward in your faith. That's what we do as men in a room together, pastors, we're... We get together and we're genuine, we're real. We share real stuff. Whatever is going on, it does not matter. Nothing is off the table. And we pray for each other, we advise each other, we encourage each other. And I'm telling you, that's not just for pastors. All of you need that too. We bear with each other in love. We pray for each other. We, we walk with each other. We pray for all of you. We don't even know most of you from other churches, but we pray for you because we understand that there's one church. There's not a whole bunch of churches. There's one church in Palm Coast. And when we understand that, it can make a difference. And I believe it will make a difference moving forward. We make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit. How do we do that? We like each other. We really do. If I shared with you the thread of text from this morning, I started off the earliest because I get to do three services today. Usually Pastor Trent gets to do three, or Pastor Tim, who's here, uh, gets to do three services. At Life Coast, we have kind of one and a half services. We, we, we have an early service that's a shorter, and it's just for all the volunteers that help set up, and we do that kind of a service for them, and then we have our regular service at 10.30. So when I was getting up at 7, getting dressed, I sent out a text to all the pastors, and I said, well, I guess I'm first out of the chute, and I'm ready to go praying for all you guys to give them heaven. And everybody jumped in with their own little thread. It was absolutely hilarious. If I read it through, it was funny. And then Trent was the last one. Pastor Trent was the last one to type in. And he says, you guys, all this texting is waking me up. I'm sleeping in today. <laughs> so just so you know that your pastor basically took the day off. So <laughs> God bless him. But we don't compete with each other. We're not in a competition. We're just not. Uh, we we. We take advice from each other. There have been times when, when things have occurred, when uh, uh, good things have happened at one church, and the rest of us say, how did that start? How did that begin? How did you feel the spirit moving? What made you move in that direction? Or if something challenging happened, we ask the questions, what did you do? How, how did that go? Would you have done it different? How did you handle that? Because we're for each other. If one of us can learn from the other one's successes or challenges, we want to learn because we understand that there are souls at stake, not just me, not just Pastor Jeff or Pastor Trent or Pastor Billy or Pastor Rod. It's not just that at stake. It's eternity is at stake for people. That's so important. So we are united with each other, and we are aware of how the enemy works. He is devious. He will stop at nothing. Unity hurts him. Division helps him. Even this week, we had some challenges in getting this to happen, and there were, and there was some debate, discussion back and forth. Nothing horrendous, but we all recognized this is the enemy 
trying to stop the unity because he knows what can happen when one church realizes it's one church. He knows what the spiritual impact will be. We hope that you understand just how unique this relationship is. I've been a pastor for a long time, even in Massachusetts. I was, a, I was a worship leader and an associate pastor at the church there. I was a chaplain at the prison that I worked at for the, for the uh, officers there. And I've been in ministry for a long time. I know a lot of pastors. I talk with a lot of them uh, throughout the country, the ones that I have relationships with. And I don't know of even one community, one city that has the relationship with as many pastors in unity as we have here. As a matter of fact, each of us get calls from other places. How did that start? How do I get that type of relationship in my city with the other pastors? This is unique. I hope you know that. I hope you understand it. I hope you know how amazing it is and how much God honors it and blesses it and blesses all of you because of it. And, and you are part of the blessing. Each and every one of you are part of the blessing. So, why one church? Why one church? Have you ever noticed if you've read in scripture from uh, 1 Corinthians or from 1 Thessalonians or from the book of Galatians that at the beginning of those books, the apostle Paul is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He's writing to the church in Corinth, to the church in Thessalonica, to the church in Galatia. He doesn't say churches. It's not plural. He says to the church. Now, one thing I found out was there had to probably be more than one fellowship in those cities, right? Don't you just love babies? I love babies. We had five kids, me and my wife, and, and each one of them did that. And you know what? It's awesome. It's like music to my ears. I feel like I'm at home. We just love kids. So in Thessalonica, there were exactly just about the same amount of people in the city of Thessalonica in the first century that there are in Palm Coast right now. Just about the same population, just about 100,000 people in, in that city. So the odds are that there were more than one church fellowships within that city because the churches were much smaller then. They were only... Um, House churches, usually, you know, two dozen, three dozen people at a time in a church. So there were many different fellowships within the city, yet Paul wrote to the church, not to the churches. It was singular every time. Every letter that addresses them, it's either to the saints, to the believers, to the family, or to the church. Always singular, every single time. Ephesians 4, 4 through 6 explains why Paul did that and what we have to understand as well, not just in the first century church, but about the church today, because it's, there's no difference. There is one body, just as you were called to one hope, when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, and through all, and in all. That's why Paul writes, this church, writes to the churches the way he does. And this is the understanding that every church needs to have. If you're a fellowship that believes in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, if you stand on the word of God, 
then you are part of one church. There's not a competition. Let's break this down a little. One body. There's only one church with many locations. That's the thing to understand, is that there might be different visions. Pastor Trent has a different vision that I have for Life Coast Church, but the same mission. We are on the same mission. We are here to reach the lost. There's no difference in mission. There might be a difference in vision. And those things, we can understand that. That's why you might feel more comfortable going to this church or you might feel more called to this church or you feel like you fit better at Epic Church than you might fit at Life Coast Church than you might fit at First Baptist. Maybe you've tried multiple churches and you finally found your fit here at Epic. I'm glad you're home. I'm very excited for you. And I want you to understand you're part of one church and all the pastors want you to understand the same thing. There's one spirit. He's present in all of our people and all of our locations. Sound like I'm like a hotel chain or something, right? Says all of our locations, we have uh, the presence of God and every one of our locations. So that was my announcer voice. So I'll I'll throw some different voices at you. Uh, But if you have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, if you believe that his death on the cross, I almost did it again. This is the third service. I still almost did the same thing. At Life Coast, we have crosses on the sides. And and when I say cross, I usually point to it. It's not there. So you wouldn't have known what I was saying. Now I have to explain it. See, but this is the last service. So I could keep you guys here all day because I don't have to get you out of here for the next service to come in. So so this is a benefit. I get to hone it all in and then I get to add jokes on the last service. So you guys get the benefit of all that. I'll keep it the same amount of time. Don't worry. I know you're probably hungry, but he's present in every believer. The same spirit, the same one spirit is present in you if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The same one spirit is present at Coastal Family Church in Flagler Beach. The same one spirit is present at Palm Coast Community Church. The same one spirit at Life Coast. The same one spirit at Parkview. It's the same spirit. There's no difference He's got the same calling for all of us. One hope, eternal life in Christ is always the hope of the church. Did you see that verse that it says, there is, you were called to one hope when you were called. See, the fact that you're here, the fact that you have put your trust in Jesus Christ, you have one hope, and you were called to that hope. If you think just the pastors were called, or just the worship leader was called, or just the missionaries were called, this is telling you, he's writing to the church about the call, and it's the call to one hope. Each and every one of you has a calling. Every one of you. If you know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you're called. When it says it twice in a verse in scripture, I want you to understand that it's important. And that's why it's in there twice because the one spirit wants you to know that you are called to that hope, that eternal life in Jesus Christ. And he wants you to do something about it. Not just be a spectator, but be a participant in what he's doing because he's called you to it. That one hope to share your faith One Lord, we have the same Jesus is preached in this church as in preached in every one of those, in one of the churches out of our group and even beyond that. It's the same Jesus, the same Savior, 
the same Lord. It's not any different. This is the same. It's preached at every location. One faith. We have a faith in that one Lord. We have a faith in the word of God, both the living word, who's Jesus Christ, and the written word that is his Bible. It is the source for truth and for life, for living. Everything you need to know is in here. Every struggle you're going through is talked about in the word of God. Anything that you need an answer to, you need a direction, you need a purpose, it's talked about here in the word of God. You will either get it specifically or in principle. You'll understand that if you are getting into the word through faith, then you can find the direction for your life, the purpose that he's called you to and believe he has called you. There's one baptism. This one confuses people. Some people have gotten dunked multiple times if you're thinking about water baptism. Other folks thinking about a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not gonna get into all the technical, uh, all the theological things, all the theological conversations around that. But what I would like to say is the Bible talks about this one baptism. It mentions it right here in Ephesians 4, but then in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, it says this, for we were all baptized by one spirit. Do you see that continuity of, of, of terminology there? We were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. This is talking about that spiritual baptism that you have when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. You, this, the word so as to form, though it's translated here in the, in the NIV, the one spirit so as to form one body is the Greek word is. You didn't know we were going to do other languages this morning. I'm sorry. We just, that's, that's, you did Spanish earlier on the bumper video, so I figured you could do some Greek too, right? So is is the word, and it means into, into. So if you read it that way, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. So what happened when you called on the name of Jesus as Lord and Savior, you were baptized by the Holy Spirit into one church. You were immersed into one church. You became part of the one. You have this huge family, this one baptism and one God and Father, and he wants you to know it is a family, and that's why there's only one Father. We are all part of the same big, giant, huge family. How many of you might have family in another state? Yeah, they're still your family, right? Even though they're in a different location, they're still your family. Take that thinking and understand the church. Yes, we have this enormous family. Yes, we, we, we work in fellowship in a different location. We have purpose. We have our lives in different locations. But we're still one family. First Peter 5.9 talks about how you can think about that one family. Let me set up this verse a little bit so you understand the context of it. The verse just before this is that our enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy. Anybody know that verse? Okay, this is the next verse. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. You, you understand that? Is that the enemy does not want us to be united. 
He wants us to suffer. He wants us to be divided. And we need to understand that. We need to stand firm in our faith because the one church, the family of God, is undergoing the same kind of opposition everywhere. It's happening here because he does not want the gospel to go out. He doesn't want someone sitting here this morning who's never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. He doesn't want you to hear it. He wants you to be distracted by something else. That's how he works. That's how he takes people out of the kingdom. That's how he moves them away from salvation in Jesus Christ. And the last part of that verse is overall and through all and in all. We have to understand what that means, all, that all. The first number I want to give you is 3,500 to 400. Numbers people? We got people, numbers people here? This is not the numbers crowd. You know, we got one. That's good. Two. Wow. See, the first service had three. So the second service, I didn't even ask them. I didn't even want to go there. But, but I think these numbers will interest you because I got a lot of ooh and ah. So I, I'm hoping you can give me the same feedback. So it was about 3,500 to 4,000 so about 4,000 people, between our six churches, there's about 4,000 people that attend just our six churches, about 4,000. I'm hopeful that the majority of them, a high percentage of them are believers in Jesus Christ. I'm not completely blind to the fact that some people just come in to kind of do church, but I'm hopeful. I have that hope in Jesus Christ, that you can't sit under the knowledge of Jesus and not respond to that in faith. So I'm hopeful that about 4,000 people have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. How many of you know how many fellowships, locations, churches, and I'm just talking about Bible-believing, gospel-preaching churches, not all the little other fringe things that go on. That's a whole nother sermon. And, uh, but... Um, how many do you think there are in Flagler County? Not just Palm Coast, but Bunnell and Flagler Beach. And how many do you think? Just take a guess. 50. 50. Anybody else? 120. 120. Anyone else? I'll take one more. I'll take one more bid. 75 sold to 100. And, no, it's uh, the actual. Uh, I only did a, a perusal. I went on the online and just looked up the churches and went and kind of selected them out as I knew who they were and what they were. I counted about 63. So 63 Bible-believing, gospel-preaching churches of various uh, denominations or non-denominational or whatever you want to call them. Um, so there's about 63 of them. And so that's interesting. The, the number in of population in Palm Coast is about 100,000 people. We just eclipsed the 100,000 mark. In Flagler Beach, about 110 in all of, oh, excuse me, I keep saying Flagler Beach. I said it earlier too. Flagler County, in Flagler County, uh, about 110,000 people, give or take a few thousand. Uh, that was the latest census I saw. About 110,000 people in Flagler County. Now, if you take the number of those churches, those 63 churches, and I did a quick tally estimate of ones I knew and ones I guessed at how many people were in those churches, and I left myself a wide buffer. So within those 63 churches, about 21,000 
to 25,000 people attend those 63 gospel-believing churches. About, we'll give it the high number, 25,000. Say 25,000. But what that means is there's 85,000 people in Flagler County that do not have a connection to a gospel-believing church. Let that number settle in a little bit. 85,000. That's a lot. 85,000 people that do not know of one church. 85,000 people that do not know of the one spirit that we know of. 85,000 people that do not have one Lord, one faith, one baptism. They don't know the one Father, and they don't have the one hope that we have in Jesus Christ. 85,000 people. I think we can fill in every empty seat in not just our six churches, but we'd have to plant more churches. What a great problem to have. Can I get a good amen on that? We can reach those 85,000. That's what this one church is all about, that we're unified in understanding that there is a culture and a community that is so lost beyond these walls, beyond these hearts, beyond everyone that meets here at, at Epic Life Coast. We're just, we are just the core group that needs to be moving forward to reach a lost community. Because understand this, some people change locations because they're trying to find their fit, and that's fine. Uh, if you need to find where God's calling you, I want you to find that fit. But understand this, changing locations does not grow the church. Changing hearts, changing the hearts of the lost is what grows the church of Jesus Christ. We need to change the hearts, not change locations. We need to understand that our mission field is out there where lost people are. And we are not in competition with each other. Our competition is not each other. Our competition is Satan. He's the competition. He needs a good kick in the teeth from this army of 4,000 people who are united in Jesus Christ. He needs to know that we are not battling against each other and we will not battle against each other, that we are united as pastors and as followers of Jesus Christ. We will reach this community. We will advance this kingdom because we know how he works. Division is how he works and we will not be a part of it. We root for each other. We cheer for each other. We want to know who each other are so we can rally together and pray for our communities. I bet that you might have a neighbor that might go to Life Coast or Parkview or some one of the other churches in the group and you may not have even gotten to know them. Guess what? You are having such an amazing impact on your community just by your presence. You bring the presence of God to your community. How much more could you impact your community if you did it together? You don't need, you don't need to go to the same church to be part of the same church. Can I get a good amen on that? That was a good one. That's probably a, that, I didn't say that in the first two, so that's new to you. You got, the, you got the line of the day. There you go. That's not our competition. In closing, I want you to understand this. I hope you grab my heart on this. I hope you understand the heart of God. We are. We are one church, and we only have one mission. 
We might meet at different fellowships, different locations, and that's okay. But you were called. When you were called to that hope, to be part of a fellowship that's making a difference. I don't know how you're engaged. Maybe you served for the first two services already and you're here enjoying the word for the second service. I applaud you. Maybe you're not involved. Maybe, maybe you don't know where to connect. I know that one of these folks here at Epic would love to help you get connected, help you find your calling within the church, within the body, so to get you encouraged and shored up and trained up in order to meet your calling out there beyond the walls. This is a training ground for you to meet your calling outside these walls, in your community, in your workplace, in the line at the store. And who knows, maybe in your workplace, God's given you another part of the army. There's someone else there who might be part of another fellowship, but they're still part of one church that you can pray with, that you can encourage with, that you can share the faith with others around you. There's strength in numbers. That's why the pastors get together. That's why we encourage each other and lift each other up. Find another believer to do life with. I'm telling you, it's gonna grow your faith and it's gonna lift your hope and you are gonna meet challenges. You're gonna talk to people about Christ that you never thought you'd talk to about before because you've been encouraged because you know that there's an army behind you. We are an army with just our six churches, 4,000 people strong. How much of an impact could we have if we fully grasped and understood in unity that there's 85,000 people that need to be touched and we're called to be a part of it? And I know that you guys have missions trips going on outside the country, and that's awesome, and that's amazing. But this is a mission field right here. There's 85,000 people that don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. When Stacy and I came down here with our five kids, our army, to plant Life Coast Church, we considered ourselves missionaries, and we still consider ourselves missionaries. And I'm asking you to consider yourself a missionary in a place with lost people that need to know the hope that you have. Would you pray with me as I close out? Father God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to stand and speak to this amazing fellowship. And I hope they know how much we love each other as pastors. We support each other. We root for each other. And Lord, I, I'm asking your spirit to touch the hearts of these people here that they would understand that there's so many people who don't know about our one church. They don't, they don't know about our one faith. They don't know about our one Lord. They do not know about our one God and Father. They do not know about the one hope that we have in eternal life. 85,000 people living hopeless lives. How can we touch them, Lord? 
You've called us to be an army of one church. We have many locations, many options for them to plug into. But as one church, if we can begin to touch people one at a time and point them to a fellowship that works for them, a fellowship where they can feel called to hope and to purpose, that their whole life will change because they'll have an eternity secured with Jesus Christ and God the Father and the Holy Spirit. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray for our one church. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity. Amen.